Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics and you get sports. So we're going to be talking a little bit of comics today. I'm here with Kevin Miller in studio, his studio as a matter of fact. How's it going? Not too bad. That's why it's kind of weird and echoing. Yeah, that <laughs> probably is, but uh, we're here. I'm really just, at this point, I'm just the guy who uh, walks around knocking on people's doors <laughs> with the microphone asking if they want to record a podcast. Traveling podcast. Point, traveling <laughs> podcast show right now. Man, we might have just invented something there. Has anyone done that before? <laughs> the homeless podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that would have been a much better title. <laughs> 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 currently yeah, let's put a pin on that. <laughs> yeah, let's put a pin in homeless podcaster. I don't, I don't mind that at all. So today we're just going to be sitting here shooting the shit about uh, various comic book related stuff and, and everything that's coming up, and we'll also record a mini commentary towards the end of the episode to get us ready for the Jessica Jones. So the, the, we'll kind of build this one as our Jessica Jones preview, much like the way we did the Daredevil preview. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a few months ago when the Netflix Daredevil was coming out. So this is the, us kind of getting ready for Net, Netflix Jessica Jones, which comes out relatively soon. What is today? The the 8th? So we're only yeah. 12 days away from uh, recording this on the 8th. I don't know when it'll get released. So by the time we get this released, you'll be, you'll be well... You'll be much closer to the actual Jessica Jones. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably only be a week away or so from the uh, from the actual release of this series. Um, we'll get into Jessica Jones in a little bit, but right now, a new show debuted a couple of weeks ago on CBS, Mm -hmm. Supergirl. You are the biggest Supergirl fan that I know, so (laughs) let's just talk about it. Let's go ahead, get your thoughts, feelings, and and if you have any problems, what you like, what you don't like about what's going on with, with CBS and the Supergirl show. Um, I am into it so far, for the most part. I could see where they could go really wrong with it, but uh, I've enjoyed the first couple episodes. Uh, it's really cute. <laughs> it seems kind of fun. Uh, they're the you know the the special effects budget isn't incredible, and uh, there are a few things to nitpick certainly, but uh, the general vibe is fun, and uh, I enjoy Melissa. Benoist, is that how you pronounce it? Is it Benoist or is it... Uh, this is a big thing on the... Most people don't know. I don't know if it's Benoist or if you just pronounce it Benoit. I, I don't... Melissa Ben. Yeah, just... Whatever it is. Melissa just, something. Uh, delivers a, uh, a performance as the, the kind of Supergirl that I like. <laughs> where she's, you know, fun and perky and enjoys having superpowers and is eager to get out there and help people. I like a non-ironic supervillain. I don't need someone growling that they failed a city or anything like that yeah. necessarily. Yeah, that was. They definitely did this one more flashy in mm. in the tone, like like the, which like, makes sense. Yeah, the tone they followed followed more flash than they did with the the Green Arrow, which yes does make a lot more sense. Um, I do like it. A couple problems, like I don't get, I, and it's the, more of a fundamental problem with the Superman franchise in general, where it's just. And, you know, people have complained about this before on the internet where it's like how, why Jor-El was only able to build a pod big enough, like, big enough to carry his infant son. Yeah. yeah. And then at the end, the opening we have in the first episode where it's like, it's like, everybody knows that my cousin Kal-El, but what you don't know is there was a second pod and for some reason they put a 12-year-old in it. So, but, you know, that's one of those things where you go, 
Eh, right. If it, it happens, you gotta let it go. Otherwise, it. But oh, you know, sure. you're you're allowed to. That's baseline Superman. <laughs> yeah, you're allowed to to question the nonsense that uh, <laughs> that kind of goes on. Although I did like the, I, I like the, the the way they added their bad guy of the week. Yeah, yeah. The, the way they had, the way they set up their bad guy of the week, where if you know Superman, basically. If you haven't watched it um, yet, this will be my pitch to you. So basically, what happens is the general plot is um, we all Superman is sent to Earth, but they were supposed to send Kara to protect him because she was older than him at the time. But when Krypton explodes, her pod gets bounced into the Phantom Zone, and she gets stuck there for what was it twenty years or something like yeah, that? Yeah, twenty issue enough time that Clark has grown up and is full full on Superman, and then she. They don't explain this, but I guess you don't question it. But it is kind of like, why did that happen? But how she gets out of the Phantom Zone is never explained. I guess the portal just opens up. And and we might eventually figure that out, right? Yeah, that's true. I guess they could could leave that open as if someone freed her on purpose or or was trying to free the prisoners and then accidentally freed her. Because when she leaves, she drags behind this prison ship with her. Because, you know, that's what you do with the Phantom Zone. You throw your prisoners in the Phantom Zone. And this prison ship came back with her, so now there's all sorts of guys that are running around Earth trying to stop her. So she's got it was it was just a very good way to set up the bad guy. Of the yeah, week. It, yeah, it's uh, it figures into the same sort of setup that the Flash has, which is the same um, impetus that gave our hero his origins is also what's causing all of these villains, where. There, you know, in the Flash, the particle accelerator blows up. Uh, Barry Allen gets powers and becomes the Flash, but everyone else gets powers too, and they become villains. It's the same sort of thing where, like, because something happened in the Phantom Zone that allowed Kara Zor-El to come to Earth, it also, you know, brought with her a whole bunch of uh, potential enemies. So, same sort of setup. Yeah. One thing they need to do in the Flash, I think, is. They need to have somebody else try to be a hero as well. Like nobody, nobody else gets these powers and, and tries to be a hero. Everyone who gets powers and tries to be the hero in the Flash is directly related to him in some way. Oh, I so see. far, right? Like, like Cisco technically he revealed himself in the last. You know, spoiler alert if you have if you're not caught up on Flash or yeah, we're, we're or talking Arrow. today about uh, the, the up to date episodes of yeah. Flash, Arrow, and uh, Supergirl. Supergirl, yeah. So, spoiler alert if you haven't seen any of those, but uh, I assume if you're listening to this, you're well caught up <laughs> yeah. on those. But Flash, basically, everyone's a bad guy. Like, every every metahuman we meet is apparently a bad guy, other than the Flash and the people directly related to the Flash. Like, the Firestorm was his... is one part his best friend's fiance, and mm-hmm. his other best friend is also yeah. Cisco, who becomes Vibe. Other than that, anyone who discovers superpowers <laughs> immediately turns to a life of crime. Well, yeah. was already... <laughs> and it sort of has that vibe to it, but um, the, the one that I liked, because I'm actually rewatching through the first season right now with um, my girlfriend, because she is not up to date with it, and she would like to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there are a couple characters who... Uh, they get powers as a result of the um, the dark matter explosion, but they aren't necessarily villains so much as they are up for personal revenge mm-hmm. because of the events of that night. So there was the, uh, um, I don't think he was ever actually given a name, but uh, Farouk was the name of the Yeah, guy. Blackout. Yeah. yeah, the Blackout, that's right. And he uh, had the lightning powers. Um, 
but he was just after Harrison Wells. Like he wasn't a villain or anything. He was just sure. a teenager who was, you know, climbing yeah. a lightning, climbing a radio tower when the wave hit. Mm, he had an and, agenda. Uh, yeah, like he he was just out to you know his friends died and he was feeling a lot of pain. Like he wasn't a bad guy. You could understandably you could try to reason with him at least. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I know what you mean though. Where like easily another cop could have got powers, yeah. and then they would be a superhero too. Yeah, or just <laughs> something, right? Like they're like nobody, nobody's. Yeah, they should do it on the Flash where somebody else tries to be a superhero and then fails miserably, and the Flash has to kind of mentor him or just. Something, I don't know, because everybody, again, everybody in that show who's actually tried to help is directly related to. Now, someone we know of him, we don't know if it's going to be Earth 2 Caitlin Snow or if the mm-hmm. actual Caitlin Snow, because one of them is going to end up being Killer Frost at some point. Yep. Because we said that that was a little tease we got at the end of... Uh, uh, I can't, I, I'm so psyched for the season now. Earth 2 opens up so many possibilities. Oh, it absolutely <laughs> does. And we had King Shark. King fucking Shark in <laughs> an episode. <laughs> and for like oh, 15 seconds. And it was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. I thought they were just teasing him in that episode. But they actually like showed up. And it's yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> and it's like, so, and I, oh, man. And it didn't look terrible either, right? Like, you could tell they spent a little bit of, little bit of change on, on the King Shark. So at some point, they had, they when they were... <laughs> the uh, Flash team when they were nailing down their budget mm-hmm. at some point they were like we gotta set aside some money for King Shark <laughs> yeah so, someone said it in a, in a board meeting they all laughed because what a stupid idea <laughs> but then they're like but wait a minute yeah. what if we actually <laughs> absolutely oh god it was great um Got a little tease of Wally West a couple episodes ago, Woo. Uh, which would complete be, the Flash trifecta. Yeah, and he's going to be Black Wally West apparently, which is pretty damn awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm. What's for me? Yeah, that, that's a big get for I would say if if you're going to get because Wally West has always been my Flash, right? Because mm-hmm. the uh, you, you that's our animated series. Yeah, because the Justice League they always use the Wally West Flash, so mm-hmm. a lot of people are. Wally West is, I would imagine, because of the Justice League cartoon, is a lot of people's Flash. Where it's like, like when they think of the Flash, they think of Wally West making funny jokes alongside Batman. Yeah, exactly. Like and he's not a scientist, and yeah. he's just a guy. Well, what was Wally in in the Justice League? He was, I think, he was a forensic scientist. He was a scientist yeah. in the Justice League, but he was, you know, not like, yeah, like he was good at his job, but he wasn't a. It wasn't like well, Caitlin Snow in the one episode where where she was like. Um, but they were trying to find someone to merge with Victor Garber, yeah, and, and and they were like, and she, she was like, I've got this one former high school athlete and this genius scientist, and then it turned out it was uh, it was uh, Tokamak or whatever yeah. <laughs> the bad guy, but like she totally went um, super elitist on <laughs> like when they were chosen when they were choosing yeah, I thought Tokamak, that was a little right? strange. I know that was so, she was just like, well, we've got to pick this guy. <laughs> no, this guy's just a mechanic. The other guy's a scientist. <laughs> Therefore, worthless scientist. Yeah, right. It was like, oh, it was pretty ridiculous that that was <laughs> her like, wow course of action during that episode. Oh man, that was so weird. The. Uh, I like the fact that they reference McGregor syndrome again, again <laughs> once yeah. again. Always with the McGregor second <laughs> the catch all second appearance of McGregor syndrome. It, it's did. the perfect thing to do so because it's not a real thing, and no, no one really knows what it is. So it's you can just make it whatever you want. It's <laughs> it's the perfect Deus Ex disease. Exactly right. You can just like because it, and, and it's depressing to say I've got cancer, right? Because people go because you, you kind of sitting going, oh, people actually have that in real life, right? Uh, <laughs> but no one has McGregor syndrome, other than the oh, okay, because like. 
Yeah, and the characters are like, oh no, yeah. because they all know what that means, and we're like, okay, I guess that's bad. Although, if we're following the continuity, so should we technically have a cure for McGregor's Because <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Freeze and Batman and Robin had the cure for... Yeah, I don't know if that's part of this. I yeah, <laughs> guess not. It's just a reference to, like, hey, remember the time we did this? Oh, it's so bad. But, uh, I mean, I just... I kind of like... Because, I mean, the way you get McGregor's syndrome, you get it the same as... Because uh, you and I both enjoy the uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged uh, that, that uh, Little Karibo does. Oh, sure. It's yeah. fantastic series. And they have the, the running gag of the the one... <laughs> uh, in Slifer the Sky Dragon <laughs> instead yeah. of Osiris the, the Sky God or yeah, whatever. Slifer the Executive Producer. <laughs> yeah, they call him Slifer the Executive Producer because the guy's name was Richard Slifer. Like, one of the Executive Producers was Richard Slifer and yep. for whatever reason was just like... I want to name this dragon after me. Yeah. There was one of those. There was one of those name drops in Supergirl this week too. What when they it? were uh, doing like like uh, Jimmy and uh, other guy whose name I haven't bothered to learn. Yet. Yeah, oh they, yeah. They were another guy who doesn't matter because they, they were kind of uh, assisting Supergirl, like you know, oh crime on this block, go there and stop this robbery in progress, sort of thing. And mm-hmm. one of them was like Siegel Boulevard, and I'm like, oh okay, it's uh, you know Siegel and Schuster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call. That's a very good point. Um, the uh, what is it? What do you think of what, what, what's your take on ultra sexy um, Dexter Saint Jock <laughs> version of uh, Jimmy Olsen that we've got? I love him in this show. <laughs> oh, yeah, like I, I just I, I like that the uh, it's a far cry from him going like thanks Superman. <laughs> Stuff like you that, got though, a dream. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, well they've progressively been going more in that direction over the last like thirty years, from what I understand. Where you know Silver Age and Golden Age Jimmy Olsen mm-hmm. was like you know this ninety pound weakling. Yeah, and this the ninety one. pound white kid who and was just like thanks Superman, thanks Supes, and he had the yeah. wristwatch and the yeah. glasses and yeah. the you know just a. Claw, you know, textbook nerd. Yeah. Um, but then in the 90s animated series, he was kind of like this sort of streetwise savvy, you know, ginger teenager at yeah. least, where you can kind of see how he'd be able to... Help Superman a little bit. So, right? Help a little bit. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't a naive, like, like... Like, the original version of Jimmy Olsen was a total, like, suspenders-wearing, yeah. uh, bow-tie-having... He was a Professor Frank as an nerd. Yeah. His prom and, bomb better work. Yeah, I wouldn't really say nerd. nerd. Nerd's not the the right term, but he was more... He's just naive. naive. Like, the naivete was... Yeah, was, yeah. He was like, a kid. The cup overfloweth, right? So <laughs> it was just like... He absolutely looked at Superman just as this god, and he was always just like... Like, Burt Ward played... In Burt Ward in, you know, in the 60s... In Batman 66 mm-hmm. was always like, you know, golly gee whiz, Batman, but like... The Jimmy Olsen character was was even more punched up version of that, right? Well, like, and that's why I'm more okay with this because ridiculous. now they're moving more in this direction where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, we need to take our Jimmy Olsen and you know make him you know stronger and sexier for the 21st century. Yeah, um, and they and it kind of makes sense because we're working in a, a premise where. Um, you know, Clark Kent landed on Earth, let's say, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. He was raised for the first 20 years by Mom and Pa Kent and has been Superman for about 10 years. So maybe this James Olsen mm-hmm. was a nerdy teenager when he first met Superman. And, you know, now he's a grown man. By right? being yeah. friends with him mm-hmm. and everything, he's grown more confident. He's mm-hmm. grown. He's and grown also, up. he's just a grown man, which, yeah. <laughs> which happens in real life, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Just, like, if, if he was, yeah. if there was a Jimmy Olsen in this and he was like 17 years old, it's like, okay, so you were like seven when you met Superman? Man, how does yeah. that work? <laughs> yeah, the the 
Constant references to Metropolis and Perry White by... Uh, oh, yeah. You uh, get the Lois Lane and Clark Kent name drop. Yeah, name drops every now and then, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that was pretty good. Um, what did you think of Helen Slater and uh, Dean Kane cameo in the first episode as the Danvers? Or the <laughs> it makes sense to me. Yeah, it was I got just it. I see what you did there. Yeah, like, why not, right? Absolutely sure. go for it. Yeah. Um, the... I mean, the villains that they've done so far. I'll tell you, I had the... I mean, I like the... They, they've planted sprinkles in the Supergirl show. Like, the the, the general guy is Hank Henshaw, right? mm-hmm. who, who in the comic books becomes the, the cyborg Superman, and one would theoretically uh, assume that they will go that route, right? I'm just... So far, we're two episodes in. I want to see... Excuse me. I want to see a... Like, who have they done? They did the Helgramite... Yep. And they did, who is so, like, 1950s. Like, that's such a yeah. like, low level. Like, yeah. that's really... <laughs> Superman fighting a weird alien. Yeah, that's weird. Which I'm, I guess I'm okay with, because you got to ease into it, but... Oh, sure. In the next couple of episodes... We need a recognizable man. Yeah, and you know what? I'm going to... Let me uh, let me submit a... Uh, candidate? Yeah, let me submit a candidate to you that they could easily do. I have one. <laughs> Toy Man. Toy Man? Yeah. Um, I think that they had... Um, I, I sort of... I didn't want to get into spoilers or anything like mm-hmm. this because I don't recognize every single DC Universe reference. I'm not as well-versed as everyone, and I don't go frame by frame in these sort of things. Mm. Um, but well, for I, the Helgramite that they did in the last episode, even I was like, I recognize that name, but I had to Wikipedia the Helgramite, right? Mm-hmm. The second they said it, I'm like, what? Because I remember thinking, like, when the guy did, because he did his, like, thing where he looked like the monster from Blade 2, yep, where they yep, jumped and it was like, and his mouth, mouth opened up. Face opened up. And yeah. I was like, oh, so he's some sort of alien race. And then they called him the Helgramite. And I was like, isn't that the weird, like, buzz? I, was say, I know that word, yeah, but I don't know why. he looks like a giant fly, and he hasn't existed since, like, the, like they don't really use him since, like, the 50s and stuff like that. And I was like, yep, yeah, that's exactly what I thought it was. Uh, I was actually going to make a case for possibly... Now, are we kind of assuming that they're not going to use any, like, big Superman villains because they would be Superman villains in this universe? I assume so, yeah, because I can't imagine, like, I don't think we'll get, I mean, possibly we get a little tease. Like, you can squeeze in, but I don't think, I wouldn't expect to see Metallo if that's the way you're well, going. Well, that, that's not what I was going to suggest. I was yeah. actually saying that if they're going to do, like, this whole sort of cyborg storyline with Henshaw, that maybe yeah. Metallo would come in Season 2. Yeah. Um, as sort of a, you know, like maybe a three episode sort of villain like they did in season three of Arrow mm-hmm. uh, with the brick. Um, but I was actually going to suggest uh, someone like Parasite would be interesting. Yes. Oh, that's a very good call. Because yes. that's someone you could conceivably just be like, no, oh, Parasite. Parasite. He's an alien race. He's yeah. literally a parasite. Like, he's mm-hmm. not a human with meta human abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an actual alien race and he was in the Phantom Zone. Like, and mm-hmm. so he's never seen and or like heard a of max, Superman before. Yeah, it was like a max level prisoner or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And someone that, um, yeah, Parasite, uh, good pull. What's her name? Her aunt would, you know, be like, oh, you know, suck out her powers and then yeah. I'll go. You we can talk about that. We can talk about that ant thing in a minute because I want to get to that one thing. But Toy Man, also, Toy Man, I, just... I don't think Toy Man, I don't think is a. And I'm just suggesting Toy Man as an episode. Like mm-hmm. I'm just like I want to see an episode. Oh, sure. Like just give me a Superman, a low level Superman guy that we recognize and we all love. And Toy Man, I think would be a perfect one that you can just do a one off. Yeah, and do what you did in the uh, Doomsday movie and have him played by uh, Kevin Smith. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, not bad. Oh, right. like, yeah, Kevin Smith. Like I guess he never. Uh, I, I don't. I mean, he's not really feuding with the. Because uh, I listened to his Fat Man on Batman podcast, and he yeah. just watched the Flash, like the oh, last okay. episode. He yeah. j- and he 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 
binge watched The Flash and then him and Mark Bernard and Mark Bernard is a guy I, I highly recommend following on Twitter and mm-hmm. listening to the podcast because he's fucking brilliant and uh, 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 what was it? it he just they basically spent their last episode for an hour talking about The Flash and stuff and in he, a positive way? oh yeah in a positive way like he loved like they loved it they were all over it and the, the reason and it was kind of I don't know the full so like because I don't want to start spreading rumors on the podcast or oh sure anything. But one of the guys in the Arrow camp took like a thinly veiled swing at Kevin Smith. Really? I think it was Guggen, Mark Guggenheim. But again, I don't want to <laughs> be naming. Oh yeah. I don't want to be naming this names. Is or yeah, this is yeah, this is this is internet rumors. I am not adding anything. But like, I don't want to say took a swing, but it was it was just like a snipe. The way it was told was like somebody asked Guggenheim if. If they would let Kevin Smith direct an episode, and Guggenheim was just like, "No," because <laughs> like, Kevin Smith wrote for he wrote for Green Arrow. Yeah, right? yeah. like he wrote. He was actually very influential in because um, people forgot about the Green Arrow in the '90s and the t- in the early 2000s. And Kevin Smith, when he was kind of at the height of his popularity in the late '90s, early 2000s, and they started letting him write for a few comics and. He wrote a really good Daredevil, although the dialogue in Daredevil is a little, little stiff when you read it. But yeah. I do like the his the the Daredevil run he did was uh, halfway decent, and um, some of his Green Arrow stuff. He's actually um, very in. He was you got to credit Kevin Smith. He was one of the guys who brought Green Arrow back when people forgot about him. So you know you might want to let him. Direct well, sure, and he's not something. a character that we had a ton of media exposure to. Like mm-hmm. everything I knew about Green Arrow, I got from the Justice League animated. Mm-hmm. And I actually had this conversation with a friend the other day, where because we're now uh, three full seasons deep on Arrow, yeah. like I am out of that knowledge. Yeah. Like everything that I knew about that series, about that character and associated characters, mm-hmm. has been done on the show, and everything yeah. is new to me now. Well, because the thing is. Basically, the golden age, Green Arrow, like the golden, the, the golden, the Green Arrow of the golden age, is a horrible comic. It honestly is because it's Batman. They they yeah. ripped off Batman frame by frame. They just put him in a Robin Hood costume. Yeah. That was it. There was <laughs> absolutely no difference between him and Batman. And Bill Finger came came along, and, and you know, like Bob Kane created Batman, but it was this weird like Batman. And then Bill Finger came along and basically was like, well, what if we gave him a Batmobile and a sidekick named Robin and a Batcave and a butler named Alfred and mm-hmm. everything we know about Batman? He was like the larger yeah. Batverse, basically. Yeah, Bill Finger basically Batman. Like Bob Kane basically created the name Batman, mm-hmm. and everything else we have that we know and love about Batman was right. essentially created by Bill Finger, who's now officially getting credit because they're going to give him... Oh, that's good. They're going to say, in, in a lot of the stuff, it's yeah, you know how Bob it always Kane. says Batman created by Bob, Bob Kane. Kane. In yeah. a lot of the stuff, it's going to start saying Batman created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger now. So, yeah, well, good good, yeah good for that. Um, but, honestly, the 1950s version of the Arrow was just a terrible rip off of Batman they basically did Batman frame by frame except they're like let's just put him in a Robin Hood costume mm-hmm. and Oliver Queen was a rich billionaire mm-hmm. now his parents weren't killed but he just decided to or maybe they were I don't remember if they were, I don't think they were but he was a rich billionaire with no parents who decided to have a fight crime in a Robin Hood costume and he would shoot arrows and he had a sidekick sidekick named Speedy and it was Roy Harper and it mm-hmm. was it was Batman there was no reason to read Green Arrow if you read were already reading Batman and Kevin Smith and a few other really good writers, uh, like I think, ah, God, I can't remember his name. I, w- I wish I could remember his name, but I can't. But it was Kevin Smith and a couple others are responsible for for revitalizing the Green Arrow, like putting a shot in the arm of that character. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he might have disappeared. And Green Arrow is a 
awesome character, and now we've got this really good run in the New 52 and this awesome TV show where a lot of people look at the Stephen Amell version of Green Arrow, and that's their dude, right? That's like, the, well, yeah. that's what I'm saying now, yeah. Right. Like, the animated Arrow is not my Arrow anymore, mm-hmm. because now everything that he's done has been eclipsed by this one. Yeah, like, um, I know my my wife Carly, like, her, like, she is so, like, Green Arrow might be more important to her than Batman in well, a lot of, because of this show, and I'm like, I don't know, I don't blame her for that, because it's like, she's more attached to this show. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's more screen time of this than mm-hmm. there are of any Batman movies. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Including the anime series, although Batman is still, like the animated series, is still the best thing. Anyway, oh, sure, of course. Ever, but, yeah. Um, yeah, just a lot of good stuff. Just getting back to the Supergirl <laughs> track, <laughs> yep. I was going to say, the one thing I wanted to say that I had a huge problem with, and this was just as a complete comic geek, right? Like, mm-hmm. The Hank Henshaw stabbing the... Who's supposed to be the bad guy in the show? I cannot remember the, her name. The aunt of uh, yeah, I don't remember. She's got like it's not Alora. It's Laura's sister. Yeah, um, I did. Yeah, because yeah, Laurel is a uh, yeah Superman's mom, but it's supposed to be her sister or whatever. And I guess it's her sister on her dad's side or something like that. Like is I'm she an sure L? If... I'm not sure. She is an L. Okay. Like I think their dads are brothers. Yeah, I, something I like remember. that. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway. Bust up the Kryptonian family tree. Yeah, she had the. So she was she. There's the scene where she has Hank Henshaw in the like in the throat hold lift, like she's gonna choke slam him like the mm-hmm. Undertaker, and she goes, "You puny humans, you can't beat us Kryptonians." And then he goes, "I wouldn't be too sure about that." And then stabs her in the arm with a Kryptonite knife, embeds it into her arm. Mm-hmm. First off, being near the Kryptonite knife that he had in his pocket should have been enough for her to go, "Oh God, I'm <laughs> nearly dying." <laughs> and then he stabs her in the arm with a Kryptonite knife, and she goes, "Ah!" And is like, "How is this possible? I'm supposed to be indestructible." Mm, and then what is pain? Yeah, she's like, "I'm learning what pain is for the first time." And then this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and then. <laughs> Realizes she's like, oh my god, I'm hurt. Fly away! And then is somehow able to fly while she has a kryptonite knife embedded in her. And I'm like, okay, I like, let's first off, let's establish a couple of ground rules here. Because mm. if we're going to use kryptonite in this series, which we obviously have to do, clearly. But you cannot have like some sort of like mix and match thing with kryptonite. Because here's the thing Big Blue, mm-hmm. who we all know is the guy and is one of the two most iconic. Um, is, is the the two most iconic guys in all of comics? Sorry, Marvel, it's not Iron Man and Captain America. Nope. The two most iconic superheroes in all of uh, Western civilization comics are Batman and Superman. I'm sorry, those are the two guys. And then you know we can debate the order till the cows come home. But Superman, <laughs> if he gets within a foot of Kryptonite when he's exposed, he basically hits the ground and is like, "Oh God, I'm dying, and I can't fly, and I can't move, and I can't do anything." This broad gets a kryptonite knife embedded in her body. First off, her arm should start melting and she should start dying from the inside out. <laughs> she basically looks twice and then fly, is still able to fly. And I was just like, all right, I just had a real problem with that. I'll let it go because like, it's a TV show and you can't kill the woman you want to be your well, or one it, of the main villains in the second episode. And that made more sense to me because I didn't realize that it was embedded in her. Like I thought he just cut her. Yeah. If he just cut and her. I thought, and I thought it was like, oh God, escape. And yeah. You know, I didn't really have time to work into my system, which yeah. I could have forgiven. And I mean, I'm going to forgive it anyway. Yeah. Like, but, but um, uh, 
but for her to be like, yep, I flew all the way back to my secret base with this knife hanging out of me somehow. Yeah, with this kryptonite knife. And then we're going to take the knife out of me and analyze it so we know what we're up yeah, against. Also, here, good right? job there, Henshaw. Yeah. like <laughs> just left the knife in her. I mean, I know it was life or death, but come yeah. on. <laughs> and I mean, twist it so that the wound doesn't close, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> this is an all-powered super like, Yeah, one kryptonite to, knife. Yeah, you have one kryptonite. Yeah, well, we assume well, they... Well, well, clearly not. Apparently yeah. they have enough kryptonite that they can, like, line a training room with it. Oh, yeah, that's true. So, I guess, but, like, man. And not only that, but that room, that they're like, we have a kryptonite room here. Why don't you just build a red sun filter, man? It seems like it'd be way cheaper than trying to siphon kryptonite into a room. What? That's just me as a logistics person. Well, as, as a money that. guy. I'm just like, oh, but, oh, holy hell. The, uh, I just, I mean, that, that, that I just had a big problem with. Because, I mean, you can't be loose with the kryptonite rules. Like, you just can't. If you're going to do a super grocery, the one thing you cannot do is be loose with the kryptonite rules. Well, no, and have... I feel like now we might have established them. And maybe yeah. they are a bit lighter than they were previously. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Time will tell. We're only two episodes in. No, it just reminds me of the time that Metallo shot Superman with the kryptonite bullet. Yep. And then, like, and the kryptonite bullet was, you know, the size of a bullet. Yeah. And it, Big Blue was Big Blue, and it was it was just stuck in his chest, and it would have killed him, and, and Batman had to, like, perform in-the-field surgery in order to remove the kryptonite bullet, or it would yeah, have killed him. Yeah, but even him. then, it didn't take away all of his powers, because one of the things that they mentioned was yeah. that, uh, like, he was healing too fast, like, the wound was closing up yeah, on the, on as the he was trying to yeah. operate on him. That's true, but it still would have, like, went down, and ki- like, it was still killing him from the oh, end, sure. and yeah. Superman also couldn't stand when that was happening yes, right so right. much like, less fly to say exactly and batman was having to drag him all around while performing like emergency bat surgery on mm-hmm. on his kryptonian buddy and then this broad who we've known for two minutes gets an entire like six inch knife jabbed into her arm and just flies away oh man just just a miniature problem with that um john constantine <laughs> oh my lord, my boy John Constantine from Vertigo, like the, the, the man who launched the greatest independent comic label of the last 30 years, I would say, the Vertigo, which has just been fantastic, all the good shits on Vertigo, and all the Vertigo, uh, they're picking up a few Vertigo shows, Preacher, did you see the Preacher trailer by any chance? I did not. Oh, you should check that out when you're done, if you're, when, although the Preacher trailer looked a little weird, I don't know how they're going to pull off Preacher. On AMC, because Preacher is chock full of sodomy and mass cult orgies and people, and just and <laughs> consensual sex as well. In this, and then, like, yeah, there's tons of consensual sex in that in that book as well, and just like bestiality is a big is a big thing. Like basically every like the, like Preacher, nothing is off limits, and I don't understand how they're gonna do. Um, there was a there was a scene. There, there's one character. Um, his name was like Odin Quinn Cannon or something like that. And apparently they're doing a gender bent version of this character because Quinn Cannon's going to be female in Preacher, mm. which is weird to me because basically, uh, you remember in Parks and Rec how the what was the name of the 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 candy company basically ran Sweetums. The, Sweetums, right? The candy company basically ran the town of Pawnee. Yeah, it's like that in one episode. Eventually, the pre the, the preacher guys wander into this one town and the one town is basically run by Quinn Cannon who runs like a meat packing plant in the uh and and the but his meat distribution plant or whatever mm-hmm. is so vast that 
it basically runs this town similar to the way Sweetums runs the town of Pawnee in Parks and Recreation for reference there if you watch that show. Sure, if you can't beat him, Sweetum. And when Jesse Custer, the main character of uh, <laughs> of the comic book, goes to confront Odin Quincan, and when he finds him, he basically has a giant meat woman that he's created. Like, he, he's taken a meat woman. You know where I'm going with this. Oh. <laughs> like, he has created a like a giant woman in the shape of various raw meats, and he is indeed having sex with her. <laughs> like, I don't know how they're possibly going to get away with this. Sh- and that wasn't even... That's the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> like, a dude, a, having, iceberg. a dude having sex with a meat mannequin in Preacher is like... And by the way, when you're reading that, you're so deep. At, like, that's like volume eight in Preacher, so you're so deep that that doesn't even weird you <laughs> yeah, out you're anymore. Just like, you're just like... <laughs> Alright, another freaky guy <laughs> like, in, in Preacher. Like, it's so insane. And, like, like the meat mannequin sex having guy, his secretary was like a a Nazi dominatrix, like a, a Hitler sympathizer dominatrix and stuff. Like, nothing is off limits in this show. I have no idea how they're going to clean it up so that it can be on, I, uh, on AMC. I don't have the slightest mm. clue. To the point where I was watching the trailer, and the trailer to me just seemed like they were. Like, okay, this is just going to be an adaptation, and we're just going to take some of these characters. Well, yeah, and... it doesn't sound like my cup of tea. <laughs> well, no, it's a fantastic comic book. Like, if you read it, I wouldn't recommend it to you, you specifically, but it, it's, like, one of the more cult classics. Like, because um, it was another Vertigo label, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Vertigo, another another um, Vertigo label that uh, you did enjoy that I highly recommend it to you was 100 Bullets. Right. That's 100 Bullets as a cult favorite of your and mine. That's sure, yeah. Which, Showtime many years many moons ago were apparently optionally uh, well apparently they came as close as you can possibly make to uh, apparently the the story on the internet again goes that showtime basically came as close as you can possibly come to making a show without actually making it on a hundred bullets show which you know on which <laughs> 100 bullets you can do. You can take 100 bullets and just do... You can basically take the comic books and it's like, we don't even need to make storyboards. Here's yeah, our exactly. storyboards, right? Enjoy. Just go frame by frame. And just translate it into real life. I'm like, I don't know how the hell you get away with doing Preacher. It's going to be an interesting ride. Hmm. I'm going to recommend the show for you, but... Uh, oh, well, I'll comic give it a book. shot. <laughs> yeah, I just... I mean, it's, it's absolutely insane. But uh, John Constantine, a... Yeah. Monstrous, monstrous figure. Love the Hellblazer cops. I had to... Found my old... After that episode debuted, or the, the John Constantine, who was played by Matt Ryan, I believe. Mm. Um, and it was the same guy who was on the show that got canceled. I never got a right, chance yeah. to watch that one. Did you watch that no, one? No, I didn't watch I that I always one. was upset. I feel like I was the reason it got canceled, because I never got a chance part to of the watch problem. it. Yeah, I feel like I was part of the problem, because I never got a chance to It had a weird time slot, though. Like, they... The time slot they gave it, there was no chance it was going to survive. Yeah, it was one of those shows that I was like, huh, maybe I'll get around to watching that. It was one of those things where yeah. I'm like, I'm sure Pierce will watch it and recommend it to me, and I never did. Well, NBC put it on at 9 o'clock on Friday. What the yeah. hell kind of time slot is that? Yeah, like, exactly. I'm just like, I'm sorry. Like, I love my comic book movies and shows and stuff, too, but I'm not sitting around. Like, I got I got shit to do at I'm 9 o'clock on Friday, right? Like... <laughs> Yeah, just I mean, I'd love to, but I mean, I and I never caught the streams or anything. I just, I yeah, like I, I, I blame myself specifically for the Constantine show getting canceled. Although I didn't, again, I didn't watch it. Didn't know if it was any good, but yep, it's all your fault. Yeah, Matt Ryan was having a hell of a time on uh, on Arrow. On Arrow, oh man, yeah, he sure, was, he was a lot of fun. Man, it's it's gone off the rails. I, I love it. Really? Well, not that it's not in a bad way. In, I was gonna say in a good way or a bad yeah, way. yeah. Like I love how. Um, 
how willing they are now that they're kind of in one of their sophomore seasons mm-hmm. to just do some wacky shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, this show has, it's come, it's proven itself, it's landed, it's it's obviously popular, we're mm-hmm. getting a fourth season, I mean, so it's like, well, let's, you know, do something different, let's go a little wacky yeah, this season. Yeah, adding, um... <laughs> The mystical to it now, right? Yeah, yeah. Which has been, which you bring up, um, that, which leads me to another thing before we, we, we tangent off of Arrow for the second time. Mm. Um, apparently, rumors are swirling that Netflix is having a little bit of trouble cracking the Iron Fist code, mm. and we might not be getting an Iron Fist TV series. Instead, we might be getting uh, just like a straight to Netflix movie, like two hour Iron Fist movie, <laughs> which. Pisses me off because I love Iron Fist, but I, I don't mean, have any particular affection for Iron Fist. Oh, I mean, love, cool costume, and he's like, a, "Oh, you just do it like a '70s kung fu movie." Yeah, like just do it like a '70s. Well, like, cause yeah, you know me, I've always loved kung fu. Like, that's true. I was thinking to me the the, co- the 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 way to do it. I think you have to hire in the way that you in the way that you hire comic book writers. The way they finally started hiring comic book writers to write comic book movies mm-hmm. and comic book TV shows, and they, they've started being good over the last seven years, uh, seven plus years. Mm-hmm. Um, they hired the comic book writers. I think you might have to find an anime writer, a couple of anime writers, maybe bring a couple over from Japan. I was going to say, they would they you maybe do it as like an anthology, like a miniseries? Like, or here's like something. three episodes that are each like an hour and a half long yeah. like like uh like bbc sherlock yeah where it's like we put out three episodes every two years Maybe. and they're they're each written by someone different mm-hmm. and they're each done in like a different style i'm not sure because i mean i trust the netflix people because i mean that jessica jones trailer sure looks, I, I think uh, jessica jones there are some things that work yeah actual. definitely but there are some things that work better like as a movie and some things that work better serialized and some yeah. things work better sort of in between <laughs> where like i'm a huge star trek fan but yeah. the movies i don't think that star trek works well in movies necessarily like mm-hmm. i enjoy most of the star trek movies but i prefer watching it like with sort of an adventure of the week I enjoy watching it serialized, which is why I enjoy Mass Effect 2 so much. Oh, my lord. Because it basically... Greatest video game ever. It plays like a a season of Star Trek. Yeah. (laughs) Where there's sort of this overarching thing, but every single mission is, like, specific to one character and has its own inclusive story. And, I mean, it's kind of flavored by the events of the season, if you will, as a whole, but it stands on its own as well. Yeah, yeah, I hear you on that one. The uh, the the thing with I mean, because I guess at the heart of it, Iron Fist is just Danny Rand, another billionaire, another Playboy billionaire. D- uh, Danny Rand travels to um, not Japan or China, but travels somewhere, and then basically is given this magical dragon punch fist thing, right? That allows him to fight crime. Sure. It's like, I'm a martial artist, but I got a magical punch, basically. Which I'm a billionaire is... playboy in the Marvel Universe, and therefore I must fight crime. Yeah, and it's so... I mean, it's good, though. Like, it's... it's. I mean, I guess the thing you do is... I mean, just put him in a... You gotta do it like a 70s kung fu flick, where he has to go somewhere, and then... He has to fight his way up the tower, basically. And each tower, there's a different guy with a mm-hmm. different set of skills, like with a particular set of skills, oh, right? Sure. And then just, yeah, write it like, I don't know, write it like an anime. Like, remember in Final Fantasy VII when you do the Yuffie thing and you got it, like, you, you, you got to go up the uh, the tower? And then I just, I don't know, do it like that where he's taken down 
some you know like the yakuza or the or the triad, oh, and I he's got to work his way up the up the ladder to sure. The and boss. there's like this treacherous weave of bureaucracy, but there's also these crazy yeah. and then Davos, dudes who it's like, oh, you know, here's our you know, we took out this like you know drug, there's like this warehouse where yeah. they were packaging up like heroin or something like that, and. You know, it just happened that there was this one dude there who was kind of a badass and covered in tattoos, and yeah. he also knows kung fu. <laughs> and then, da- and then Davos is the is he eventually has to fight Davos, right? Because uh, like like the, the Still Serpent, because they teased the Still Serpent uh, or Davos the Steel Serpent in Daredevil, right? Because the heroin that they had yep. had his symbol marked on the heroin, and then those episodes. And Madame Gao is clearly the crane mother, right? Oh, yeah, so totally. like, yep. they've got to do. They, and they, you can't just toss Madame Gallo. She was so awesome in that series. Oh, sure, yeah. And they were clearly saving her up for the Iron Fist series. And if you're going to do a Luke Cage series, you've got to have Iron Fist and Luke Cage. They were the heroes for hire, man. Like, well, yeah, and I just that was clearly their intention, but that might have to change now. But uh, I am with you. Hopefully we get a series. I've been really enjoying these uh, Netflix Marvel deals. Yeah, I just... I'm... I'm and I, I, like I've mentioned before, and yeah. we'll mention now again, I could not have told you that I would be ex- this excited for a Jessica Jones series. Yeah. I had no idea who that was. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, I guess we can get into Jessica Jones, unless you want to talk a little more Arrow, because we did, we did kind of gloss over Arrow. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Arrow's just churning out. Uh, actually, well, I think we talked more Arrow than we did Flash. I'm <laughs> excited for some of the recent developments yeah. on Flash. Oh, my God. And they got the crossover episode coming up in a couple of weeks. Oh, oh God. Yeah. They're doing suck. It's, it's what an age we live in. What an age we live in. You couldn't have dreamed of this stuff like when we were back in high school. Yeah, I was, I was kind of had to hide the fact that you like to watch the Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we, we did a. Um, Look how far we've come as, as geeks. Oh, it's great. We did a podcast a couple weeks ago yeah. <laughs> when we were like two episodes each into um, Flash and Arrow and Supergirl hadn't started yet. Yeah. And I think I was a little reserved <laughs> about giving my opinions about these two um, seasons so far. Um, but uh, I'm very much enjoying the way they're doing things now. I'm very much looking forward to uh, Earth Two Harrison Wells. <laughs> oh yeah, he was being the, amazing. Yeah, he was uh, Tom Cavanaugh. They found a way to bring him back, and he gets to just act like an asshole now, which oh, I yeah, thought was really good. He is yeah. an asshole. Oh, like, I don't even owe any of you anything because that wasn't me. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I'm not taking the heat for this. I'm not taking the heat for this, and I, I absolutely love that attitude about him. <laughs> just like. Yeah, <laughs> like completely unapologetic. Yeah, it's so good. He's just like just, someone who looks just like you betrayed us. And he's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> what do you want from me? Yeah. <laughs> oh, great! That was so good. I just I can't say enough good things about Flash and Arrow. I'd be very disappointed if he turns just, out to be Zoom. <laughs> no, I still think Zoom is going to be Grant Gustin. Like I still, I still like, and he's got to fight evil, the evil version of himself on the. Uh, on the other side, and it can't be him because Zoom has his, his daughter, right? So that's right. Yeah, he he might have to do. Like, the question we have to ask ourselves was: Did Zoom send him there to take down the Flash with the help of like knowing, oh, knowing that he's got his daughter, or did or did does Harrison Wells going over there to be like, you gotta help me rescue my daughter or something? Like that. We well, don't know. It, it could be both, right? Yeah, and yeah, and just. Wildly fantastic! The 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 whole, just everything they're doing on both those shows is just so good. And I mean, Arrow's definitely after Arrow got a little stagnant. Fun. There I'm, I'm liking uh, I'm liking Cisco more now, yeah. which yeah. I've never. And they, oh, they had the little hot girl tease. Oh, I'm not, I nearly forgot that they had the hot girl okay, tease. All right, listen, I have I need to say this yeah. because 
I like Cisco more, except for yeah. You never ask out a barista. A barista, yeah. The, uh, and, and she looks so put off by it yeah. as if it hadn't already happened to <laughs> exactly. her eight times that day. <laughs> so bad. I don't even drink coffee and I know that that's like... Oh, no, no. You never ask out someone in a situation where they have to be nice to you. Yeah. And not only that, but it was so bad with... Uh, and they can't escape. College Humor had that really good sketch called uh, Baristas, the Ultimate Male Fantasy. Did you oh, ever yeah? see the ad? No, it was no, like, no, I didn't. They just... It was like five guys and they were basically uh, <laughs> talking to her like it was a stripper at a bachelor party oh, right? yeah. but she's a barista you know she's like by the coffee machine like slow motion like hair twirl yeah, making it's like, yeah she's making fun like, and they're like should I go for it should I go for it and stuff like that it was like oh that was a great joke I, was high, I highly recommend that one but well, actually last night with uh, Dave I like, he was just catching up on Flash and we watched the first season finale Oh, and that fantastic. that character is in the season finale. Is she? Yeah, oh, yeah. Like just she's in the one of like the, or something. No, there's the shot of the wormhole. Yeah, and everyone's like, "Oh, this is getting destroyed." You get a few reaction shots. Yeah, like there's Captain the... Cold, where you get a reaction shot from, and she's just kind of there too. Like, oh, there's yeah. a reaction shot from this random girl who we have no idea who it is. And now we know. So yeah. when you go back and watch that, yeah. oh man, that's I'm like, so oh, good. it's that girl because I mean, I'm like, oh, and I recognize her. And I point her out to Dave because I'm like, because she's in the uh, the, yeah. the trailer for yeah, just remember her face. Remember her face. Remember her. Oh my god, that's so good. God, they know what they're doing on those shows, don't they? Too good. Oh, it's so good. Um, So let's officially turn this over to Jessica Jones for the rest of this. Now, I fully admit that I never read Jessica Jones or was interested in her character whatsoever Mm -hmm. until we knew that this Netflix uh, series was a thing. Yep, we thought it was an odd choice, but we've learned to trust the MCU. Yeah, that's 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 true. And it wasn't that I just had a, it, like, it wasn't that I had a weird thing about it, but it's just Jessica Jones didn't appeal to me because I always thought, especially with the name Alias, and this is why they changed it because the original name of the show or of the the comic book was Jessica Jones Alias, and Alias was the was the cover. But around the same time, the. Uh, <laughs> Um, Jennifer Garner show came out on say the the JJ Abrams yeah, show yeah JJ yeah on network TV came out uh, with Jennifer Garner of the same name alias so they switched it to AKA Jessica Jones mm-hmm. and then just eventually I think just uh, faded started, into obscurity yeah it just started calling yeah started calling um, Jessica Jones and probably the best way to do it but. I initially thought that, because I remember she was like Jewel or something like that, and where she was a, a superhero, and then she quit the, I was going to say Justice League, but no, she, she quit the, the Avengers or whatever it was, and they started the, the, the it just, it had no appeal to me, because it just seemed like another female... Well, you know, you were mentioned before that you were never into like the femme fatale super spy... Yeah, pastiche. It, exactly. It's just it was it was never a thing that that appealed to me. But when I started reading this one, because I, I went out and I picked out the the first because uh, the Jessica Jones Alias series comes in four volumes, the graphic novels, and for some reason Marvel didn't have the uh, the <laughs> the foresight to big up all their graphic novels mm. until so you can only get vo- find volumes one and two right now. And I get you can probably find the other ones on digital, but I didn't bother looking, and I'm not signing up for digital with Marvel enough, just enough. to read. Uh, volumes three and four just gets on. So I did pick up volumes one and two of the Alias series, and I have three and four back ordered. But unfortunately, they won't come in until after the series is coming. The gone. series is coming gone. But 
That's fine. You can enjoy them as a coda. Exactly. And unfortunately, the fourth volume is the secret origin of Jessica Jones, where Uh, you get most of the Purple Man stuff, where the Purple Man basically... um, Because in the comic books, uh, Zebediah Kilgrave, the Purple Man, his powers are he secretes pheromones, much like poison ivy. So anyone who's near him, he can get them to do whatever he wants. And he basically uses that to trap Jessica Jones for months and we don't know what he did to her for months. And then that was like the thing that mentally broke her. Mm-hmm. And why it explains why she quit the Avengers and stuff like that. And But she doesn't remember most of it. But it, it's you know, traumatic. It, it yeah, comes it in was, flashes. Yeah, P, yeah, it comes in flashes and has the PTSD. And it looks like based on the trailer of the yeah. Jessica Jones trailer that, that that's the story we're going to get. Which is the only way to go. And the fact that they did that is is brilliant. And I'm... I've been on the record many times on this podcast, and I'll say it again, that I think that David Tennant is going to be the best villain in the MCU. Yeah, and actually from the uh, sort of aesthetic of the trailer, I wonder if they're going to kind of uh, portray the... um, If they're going to do like the pheromone route rather than like some sort of mystical whammy. Yes. Um, If if they're going to do it as like a... because of the aesthetic, I wonder if they're going to present it as sort of like a narcotic effect. Because yeah. you got a very like LSD soaked um, vibe. Yeah, that's actually very yeah, very smart, Miller. That might be the way they do it, where like he sends you like a note, and then the note is laced with something. So when you well, touch it, it absorbs through your thumb. Or yeah, something, or and not even like if they, if they go like the pheromone route, like yeah. they, they might actually like have some sort of visual aesthetic to indicate like you know what she's seeing is not. Mm-hmm. actually what's happening. So, mm-hmm. you know, everything's going to be slightly colored differently or have some sort of weird blur or vibrating yeah. effect. Yeah, and that's, that's like, the oh, way okay. we'll get our... She's definitely. under the influence of something. Now. Yeah, and that's the way they'll do they'll, they'll do the visual or effects to uh, to give us the actual Purple Man. Because when David Tennant's walking around and he's actually in the scenes yeah. with Kristen Ritter, he's not going to have purple face. Yeah. But when... <laughs> Well, she's having her flashbacks and yeah. stuff and remembering him it, they're gonna I guarantee you they backlight it with purple and he'll have like a purple face and that's how she'll remember him is having yeah this, like, exactly it's like a purple sort of, face guy sort of like what they yeah. did in uh, Batman Begins with the Scarecrow yeah cast. exactly exactly it's the it's a brilliant way to go uh, the thing that amazed me most about well first off the thing that amazed me most is how the cover that they drew of Jessica Jones in 2002 looks exactly like Kristen Ritter <laughs> yeah it, it's enough that uh, you could look at it yeah. and be like, yeah, let's cast with, Chris and Ritter with the front bangs, which wasn't even in in 2002. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that, that look wasn't even popular. It's crazy. Nope, and, um, and she definitely rocks that look. Yeah, so Jessica Jones basically, like I said, I read the first two volumes, really liked it, liked the first one more than the second one. The second one drags a little bit, but really liked the first half of the, of the first one because basically what happens is she's running a, a private investigators mm-hmm. and she. Cheats a little bit because she uses her superpowers, obviously, to run the uh, to, to run the, the thing. But like you just you see her, and it's very much the the Eddie Valent Valent in you know Who Framed Roger Rabbit thing, right. where she sits in the dark room with just the shutters open, and she's sitting there pouring drinks and and, yeah. uh, and slamming them down, and and it's just the way it it involves her relationship with Luke Cage, and the way it goes on, and you get a lot of Carol Danvers in this book because Carol because Carol Danvers is an alcoholic herself in the book, right? So right. they have there's tons of really great scenes with the two of them where they initially hate each other because <laughs> of something that happened, and, and oh, okay, okay. 
and but they become friends as, that's as, as the volume so goes this along. could be my our uh, Captain Marvel lead in as well we could be I don't, I don't <laughs> think we've had any well there's no way the I don't think they're going to do it in the show yeah I don't think and not only that but there's no way the internet because the internet is so hot for um, anything Captain Marvel Captain Marvel <laughs> with the uh, and I don't even like calling her Captain Marvel because I, I have a different Captain Marvel that I uh, well that's fair but fair enough but so I I always call her Ms. Marvel but um <laughs> Because that was the original name anyway. But Carol Danvers anyway. There's no way they'd introduce Carol Danvers in the in the MCU because they want to get her a movie. Oh sure. And not only that, but if Carol Danvers was going to make a cameo appearance in the Jessica Jones show, there's no way the internet wouldn't have already found out found about out it. about it and yeah. put it on there and whatnot, right? Because we, we we there've already been shots of Charlie Cox on the set, right? So you assume mm-hmm. that. Because Daredevil actually appears in Jessica Jones in the exact fashion that I predicted it would in in uh, yeah. in the thing where she gets arrested for no reason. She's getting interrogated, and then all of a sudden it's like, you know, take the handcuffs off my client, and it's yeah. in, walks Matt, defender. You know, in walks Matt Murdock of, of Nelson and Murdock to and to, and Jessica Jones is like, who the hell are you? <laughs> right? She's yeah. like, I'm Matt Murdock. I'm here to get you out of jail. And I was just like, maybe you heard of me. Yeah, and like that's going to happen in the Jessica Jones <laughs> oh, show. Sure. It's going to happen in like episode three or four, and it is going to be. Fucking awesome! I was gonna say, yeah, <laughs> and I, I know exactly that. how it's gonna go. Yeah. I predict that I will. The second, have a yeah, like, <laughs> like the second Jessica Jones gets arrested, it should yeah. be the happiest you feel. Is it the interrogation? She, yeah, because we're gonna get we're gonna get a wide shot. She's gonna be handcuffed to the desk, and you're gonna get a sweep shot of like. You're going to be behind Across the table Yeah Well you're going to be Behind the glass The two way Or the one way glass Right mm-hmm. And then we're going to Go to the other side And she's going to be in there And then eventually Matt Murdock Will enter the scene And it'll be Charlie Cox And it'll be Just fucking brilliant Woo. Oh my god But like Yeah I really enjoy I highly recommend Reading the Jessica Jones series It's some of the best stuff I've ever read I mean the, the second volume Drags a little bit But overall I like the The mystery story The first one Is more of a Uh Private Eye investigator one, and the second one's a bit more of a detective mystery type thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I have again, I haven't read the third one, but it's on backlog. And then I know the fourth one is about uh, the Purple Man and the Secret Origin, which was the one I was most excited to read. So I may crack down and purchase that online, or try to find a copy online or something yeah. that I can read because I, I just I really want to read the Purple Man stuff before we get to the series. But we do have our own little purple man mini commentary commentary that we can do right now Um, because we like to do the commentary tracks to lead up into the these shows we did we did the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie as the lead in to the Daredevil series because that was the only Daredevil thing we should have done the you know what we'll do it for season 2 we should have done the because I have them on DVD somewhere Spider-Man yeah the two part when Daredevil showed up in Spider-Man oh yeah yeah. no I've actually seen those those ones were really that was the first time I ever heard of Daredevil to be honest with you was when he showed up on the uh, the Spider-Man animated series and then he ended up becoming because he showed up in that Spider-Man animated series Mm -hmm. in two episodes he he eventually became my favorite character in all of Marvel (laughs) because like I I found out he was written by like Frank Miller and stuff and I was like what (laughs) haven't ever heard of this yeah exactly that was before the internet right yeah true true so uh, and I lived in a town that was an hour outside of London so I was nowhere near a comic book shop Ah, and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. there were different times back then it was different we we absorbed information uh, yeah very differently. Yeah, so you were fully of the mind that someone's going to kick sand on you at the beach. Also true. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a professional beach bully. <laughs> oh man, the uh, 
So what we've got here is we're taking it all the way back to the only reference we could find. The, yeah, the only reference we could find because Jessica Jones does not appear. I would have loved to have done something Jessica Jonesy, but she does not appear in any sort of animated thing, movie thing. Not even a cameo, not even a, a flyby, not even a shot of her. Like in, in in the Avengers cartoons that they've got, Hulk and the Agents of Smash. There's no like shot of her in the Jewel outfit, pretending to be Jewel still. And the, there's there's just nothing. So this is Jessica Jones's first exposure to the real world outside of the comic books. So that's a big thing. But the one thing we did find was. Season 5, episode 4 of the original X-Men series from the 1990s, which was a fantastic series, by the way. Um, Episode 66 on total, but it was season 5, episode 4, titled No Mutant is an Island. Zebediah Kilgrave, the Purple Man, gets to be the main villain for one episode, one brief episode of the X-Men. He he makes a cameo appearance in, in... Sometime in I want to say like 1994 ish. I'm not I'm not exactly sure. I would have been yeah like eight or nine I think when this episode mm. debuted. It's pretty crazy. Um, so find it again. The episode is titled "No Mutant Is an Island," season five, episode four. If you can find that on YouTube or stream it, if you got the DVD, I got the DVD here because I own these. This is before uh, physical. Me- I bought this way before physical media started its uh, <laughs> decline. Its decline into non-existence. So I actually own a physical copy of X Men uh, animated series that we have queued up now at absolute zero. So if you can find it on your streamings, turn it on and hit play now. So there we go. No mutant is an island. The X-Men, the fantastic X-Men theme song is coming into play right now. And oh, this is yeah, oh god, <laughs> classic introduction, man. There's Wolverine, look at that, look at that badass Canadian rogue. The sexiest they ever did rogue <laughs> in the in the animated series. This is one of the most iconic. Is this the most iconic? comic book I, this has to be the most iconic of the comic book actually I take that back because the 1960 Spider-Man is probably the, the most iconic oh, yeah. TV show introduction of all time so of any size yeah cause, just because of the catchy theme music but I mean this is up there right like everyone from our generation knew this oh sure like if you went like they like everybody knew yeah. what you were talking about there was no mistake <laughs> doesn't even need words no man it was just because, I mean, like, I'm trying to think of other ones that were really good. Like, Superman had a pretty good one, but it wasn't, like, ridiculously iconic. Even the Batman one wasn't super iconic. Well, the Danny Elfman score that they used, because that was originally the song for... Yeah, so we open up here, and this episode is actually weird, because it, it, it shows up after... After uh, Jean Grey is dead in the series, well, uh, you know, dead in, in big fat air <laughs> yeah, quotations, quotes, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you see Cyclops walking away. That's the, be- the the worst part of this episode is that it's very Cyclops heavy, and yeah, it's just <laughs> Cyclops sucks. <laughs> like he is the goddamn worst. I hate. The character of Cyclops so much. So yeah, the X Men are having like a mini funeral for Jean Grey, who I don't remember. I think she blew up in space. 
Because this is after the Dark Phoenix saga, which is just some damn good... What was some damn good stuff that they did justice to that mm-hmm. volume of the comic book in this TV show. And, you know, Jean Grey is supposed to be dead at this point, but if you've... Here we go again. Yeah, if you've seen this series, or if you've ever read a comic book, you know that Jean Grey is one of the few that... She comes back more than... Uh, I'm not sure who's got the most... I'm sure someone's put, like, a grid or something. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Someone has to have put a grid I or something. I will never die. Yeah, someone has to have put a grid or something that how, how many comic book characters have died and come back more than, you know, than others. And I imagine Jean Grey's got to be in the top five, right? I am Senor Chang, and I can never be killed. Yeah, she's... Oh, my lord. So this is where Cyclops blames Professor Xavier for not being able to beat the space army that came to kill the Phoenix because they were worried about her eating galaxies, which she absolutely does in the comic books. Yeah. This is a classic um, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix moment where someone dies he's like, I don't care anymore. Yeah. It's just... Oh, it's pretty bad. I mean, like, I hate... Like, Cyclops is probably my least favorite guy in all of comics I'm not sure man no that's not true because I hate the Fantastic Four because like Cyclops at least has some stuff to him it's just there's no way you can relate to Cyclops <laughs> and he's just like yeah there's absolutely no way you can relate to him and he's not that interesting and he's specifically there just to salt Wolverine's game basically oh, throws his uniform Professor's all upset about that. He's like, no, I needed that for you. <laughs> you were one of the first X-Mans. That's true, he was. It's not even his original outfit. I needed you too! Two outfits! <laughs> oh, my lord. There's some real racist shit coming up here. Yeah, coming from... <laughs> real hateful. Yeah, from... <laughs> from a family that would, uh, you would assume... <laughs> <laughs> would have to know a thing or two about <laughs> about being ostracized because of how they may or may not look. This is where they say Kilgrave like six times in the next like minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Evil McBad guy. Yeah. What, what's a worse name? Like, like what's a more obvious bad guy name? Zebediah Kilgrave or Victor Von Doom? Victor Von Doom by Stell? Are you kidding? The guy's name is Kilgrave! Kilgrave! Kilgrave can conceivably be a real person's last name. Uh, I suppose, yeah. Von Doom, no one has ever named that. Oh, there's young Scott. Nearly. Oh, man. Shit! This will ruin his chances of ever having this weird orphan three way. Nope. Destroyed that tricycle. He destroyed two tricycles that day. Uh, count it. It's <laughs> bad. Oh man, <laughs> Scott Summers, you're the only guy with red. Who rocks the red sunglasses better, him or Daredevil? It's easily Daredevil, right? <laughs> <laughs> Alucard. <laughs> yeah, Alucard. <laughs> nice Paul. Good Paul. Neither. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Sunglasses at night, so I can <laughs> take off your sunglasses, you idiot. Yeah, <laughs> you douchebag. We're inside. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> That's the thing I would have actually said. That, that, that this is where I'm the worst person. I could have never. Uh... <laughs> I don't care if you're a mutant. Take yeah. off your damn sunglasses. Yeah, I, like 
Not just that, but I, I absolutely would have called Scott a douche the first time I saw oh, him. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then once I got to know him, I wouldn't have felt bad about it after <laughs> yeah. a while. I'd be like, well, I, he's clearly a douche. I am so, so bad. Yeah. I feel so bad. I would feel bad, and then once I get to know him, I'd be like, nah, you know what? I don't feel bad anymore because he's clearly a douche. <laughs> You're a douchebag, but for different reasons. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. These were flashing back to Scott, who was nearly adopted by an interracial couple apparently <laughs> except he I like this shot because it implies that he like burned down those pieces of furniture yeah with his laser eyes yep yep wipes away a tear so emotional for Scott having yep. just lost his <laughs> I think Whoa! they were I think they were yeah my god what was that <laughs> leaps over nothing and then leaps over the stairs for no oh, reason oh man Bad Rock the Leaper would be embarrassed to do that, and his name is The Leaper. So in this scene, we see that he has anti-fire eyes. <laughs> he had fire eyes, now he's got anti-fire Apparently eyes. Apparently a fire extinguisher. It's a bit of a disconnect there. They can start and also put out fires. Yep. How did he beat him? <laughs> he was like chasing the kid two seconds ago. I love this kid's outfit, too. He's wearing like rain boots. <laughs> He's like, in case there's a flood. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, if there's well, a flood, those, won't you guys be amazing? He's like, everything's coming up Millhouse. Between the pants and the boots, it's like he just got back from the stables. <laughs> yeah, this kid's supposed to be Fire Fist, who's one of the like baby mutants all the time in, in the X-Men animated series. I don't remember what he was in. I, he might have made it into X-Men Evolution, which was the second series that they made. Um, basically, the X-Men... What did that say? Barker. <laughs> Barker. Uh, basically, the X-Men... <laughs> I have no idea what this neighborhood's about, by the way. Yeah. There's like obviously condemned buildings, more than buildings, and like a mansion across. Yeah, the there's like a mansion orphanage. Because, <laughs> you know, orphanages don't look like giant mansions, basically, like, unless like yeah. Batman is giving away Wayne Manor at the end of a specific Chris Nolan movie. But, oh, sure. like, yeah. but like, look at this. T- yeah, you're right. Look at this town. Like, everything is dilapidated and. Everything's dilapidated and run down except for this giant. Scott has no qualms about just destroying that building. Yeah, second what I could do, explode. Could have been a homeless guy in there. Just there probably was. Yeah. (laughs) My lord, has anyone ever actually done that? Walked up to a door and opened it and joined a conversation that is occurring. This conversation already in progress. Yeah. I don't think anyone actually does it, but it's a constant trope yeah. in these shows. They keep saying Kilgrave's name. We haven't seen him yet, but they keep saying his name just so you know he's a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> right? he, so. he, he's in this episode, trust us. Yeah, man. He just, oh, he's about to show up here. Love that haircut, too. There's his limo, and apparently he needed to bring the police with him, which is weird. My son ran away, and the cops. Look how tall everyone is. <laughs> Like that, that chauffeur slash bodyguard dude is easily like a foot and a half taller than the cop. <laughs> Jeez. Something about that shot. Oh, man. This is crazy. The, like, yep, yeah, this is where Zebedai Kilgrave, the, the purple man, has shown up in, with a decided lack of purple right now, but uh, that'll come into play a little bit later mm-hmm. when they. <laughs> and it'll, it'll disappear. You'll find it disappears and reappears throughout this episode because I'm assuming this. Them trying to explain this to the Korean animators was pro- like overseas was probably a hell of a task. Like we want to be purple sometimes, not purple other times. So there's scenes where you get close-ups of them, and the purple will be there for like a couple frames, and then won't be. 
and it just switches back and forth. That like that must have been a hell of a thing to, for this one-off episode too to try to yep. explain that to the Korean animators, right? What I don't know, just paint. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, ridiculous. It's a gorilla. It's a little ominous. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty creepy. Good, we're home. Get into the prison chair. <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> and you'll see now, yeah, this is where he kind of makes his first appearance as the Purple Man. And in this version of him, because like, the Purple Man in the comic book, he's a bit Joker-esque where he, he has like a chemical spill mm. and then it turns his skin purple. And it also makes it so he secretes these pheromones. These pheromones. There he is making the first appearance as the Purple Man. And he secretes these pheromones, and the pheromones allow him to control the minds of others. So if you get close to him, he's basically... Yeah, see, there it is. It came back for it. Disappeared. Yeah. Because one Korean animator was like, this guy wasn't purple. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) This is back when they had to hand draw (laughs) everything, too, right? Oh, man. Oh. What a time to be alive. Yeah. And, uh... The, yeah, so he secretes pheromones, whereas this version, it seems like they're making him out to be more of a mutant, although he was... It's very vague, because he has these mind control eyeballs, mm. but he's also, for some reason, chaining these kids to, like, a clockwork orange chair, like, video screen watching thing, so that yeah, they can... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. Brainwashing the very Manchurian candidate. Yeah, yeah. I'll brainwash exactly. these people and get them into positions of power. Yeah. And then I'll show them. This actually works, though. I, th- I mean, I think, like, for a one-off episode of the X-Men, this plot, yeah. I mean, it kind of works, right? It, it doesn't seem like it should be a one-off episode. It seems like you should have been a recurring villain. Yeah. Yeah, they really could have used this where Scott's trying to get the kids away and stuff. Like, right. this would have been an actual plot. Oh, there's Wiz Kid with his <laughs> magical uh, wheelchair. For wheelchair. I believe his actual powers were, oh, there's Skids. With a power you would never want in a million years. Ah, it's basically you, you got suckers. There's Boom Boom, who most people will remember as uh, if you watched X Men Evolution, she was a big part of that. T- Tabitha, who they all liked. Yep, she was like the main female member of the Brotherhood. And but like they, <laughs> none of this makes sense. What Kilgrave's doing here? Like, why does he need these kids to sneak into the governor's mansion? Why doesn't he just use his mind control eyeballs to let him walk up to <laughs> me? Yeah, like or, there's no or not for, even that. There's like, no need for any of this. Or if to, he's this big philanthropist who's yeah. like setting up all these scholarships, which they and established earlier, and stuff right? Like that, yeah. Then why can't he just like, hey, can I have a meeting with the governor? Exactly. Sure. Hey, the whammy. Exactly. Like this is there's no need for any of this. There's no need for him to steal children and build a weird. Like for someone who's got mind control powers, he's basically yeah. like he's doing a lot of crazy shit. Yeah, <laughs> and a lot of unnecessary nonsense Violence. too, right? And like. Oh man, and oh no, she said he was sleeping uh, on the couch, okay, so okay. that explains. Uh... Yeah, because we thought they we pre-watched this, and we were wondering if they were insinuating that uh, these two slept together, because that would be a classic Scott Summers thing. Is and that's another thing. Scott Summers has no brand. He has brand loyalty until Gene <laughs> is dead, and then the second Gene is dead, it's like where like port the storm. Yeah, well, not any porch. He's just like where's Emma, right? Basically, he's like Gene Gray's like Gene Gray's body isn't even cold yet, and he's already inside Emma Frost, and he's just like it's like I couldn't get my three way while I was with Gene. <laughs> well, bang, okay, well, bang. Yes, yeah, it's, it's so bad. Like, 
And Wolverine, that's the thing Wolverine always gets pissed off about, where he's like, because, like, Wolverine obviously is madly in love with Jean, but can't have her. And then when Jean's dead, Scott Summers is immediately banging the blonde down the hall. Wolverine's just like, I will stab you in the fucking heart. (laughs) Like, you douche nozzle. (laughs) Man, Cyclops is boring. (laughs) <laughs> this scene bothered me so much it does <laughs> well like like it doesn't make any sense but it's hilarious. none of what Kilgrave is doing makes any sense like why do he kidnap these children he doesn't need to well there he is the purple man just got out of the shower yeah apparently Sh- yeah showering with his suit on and wouldn't you make up up before you put your suit on it doesn't make any sense this is very much the Joker scene from the 1989 Jack Nicholson where he was doing that yeah black man <laughs> this is very poor yeah these few that was very poorly animated and you can clearly see that they used that it's the 90s so they had to reuse shots and stuff and just hope nobody noticed mm. this is here's my plan I'll bring him into my house show him that everything's cool yeah. and then <laughs> well, yeah, he expects it none of what this Kilgrave does makes any sense like it does like none of the moves he makes make sense like why even kidnap these children you don't need them like you've got mind control powers and you're already like you said this big philanthropist who assumingly has access to the people that you can then mind control like other than the word of this kid no one has any reason to suspect anything's wrong yeah and then he goes and launches all these attacks on the government yeah state. and like and he has Wizkid yeah he has Wizkid here just tear Scott Summers ACL right <laughs> into the brick wall you'll never be a running wrong. back again <laughs> physics of that made no sense because now he's facing the wrong way <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like well you convinced him that everything was cool but that will not do yeah so and like this is ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> We knocked him out. So let's just oh, leave him in the board. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, we're done here. <laughs> so bad. Get the jeans. See where Jean gets eaten by the sun. Yeah. I loved you. What? Oh my lord! And now he's making out with his childhood sweetheart. <laughs> making out. Yeah. <laughs> well. It's... Like I, yeah. you know what I rip on, I rip on, uh, I, I do always rip on uh, Cyclops, but he rebounds quickly. He's always rebound quickly. It's never, yep. like, it never. Yep. his knees have been repaired. Yeah, but my god, every face planted into that brick wall too. And like he leaves the and like what Kilgrave like knocks Scott Summers out. His dude just puts a face Put down. In the pool. Pool. All right, back inside. Assumes everyone. everything's all right, and then puts the kids in the basement chairs and goes off and flies his helicopter or something, which happens later. You see later, Kilgrave is in a helicopter for no reason, attacking the orphanage. <laughs> like this is a very poorly written episode. Like, like they established some some good stuff, but like they established, like they established some good stuff like the orphanage and and like the the billionaire philanthropist with mind control stealing mutant orphan kids from like that could be you could get an entire right. arc <laughs> off of that right 
This like that, like that's a comic book arc. Like that's like that's at least twenty issues, right? Yeah. Meanwhile, Kilgrave's been on screen for like half of this twenty minute episode. Yeah, not even five well, minutes tops. Well, like he's even been a character at all for. Half and this of scene it. makes no sense. Where he asks her, "Why weren't you shocked that I laser blasted that glass?" Oh yeah, this flashback. The, How did you know? I was he destroys mutant. another tricycle. <laughs> <laughs> well, because of all the mutants that you did. <laughs> exactly. It's like, how did you know? Well, I saw you do the same thing when we were kids. <laughs> I also want to go back to that scene because I swear they used some of the same orphans oh, in the flashback. Probably. Like, to the point where they like were wearing boom, onesies. Yeah, like Boom Boom was there as well. <laughs> well, like one of the random kids who just was wearing the onesie and yeah. was also on the program. And like, like why is this happening? Why is Kilgrave showing up to the orphanage in a helicopter? <laughs> like, what is this? It's broad daylight. Turn off like the bad yeah, lights. It's like a battle helicopter. Like, what is his end game here? He could have just driven up to the place and mind controlled them all till they gave him his kid back. Oh yes, is, you should have. Yes, this is <laughs> after you broke his legs and gave him a concussion. Oh left him in a pool. god, anything. Yeah, the monkey looking dude just <laughs> left him to, and like. The TV crew just rolls up. Yep, it's Jim Gordon, the reporter. Yeah. And they're like getting all these close-ups on Kilgrave, and they're just like, "This helicopter looks like it was meant to be a like." Toy. There's no reason for Kilgrave to do any. Like, why is Kilgrave doing this himself? By the way, like, just gives himself away. It's yeah. so bad. And for some reason, for some reason, Scott Summers is able to <laughs> resist the mind control powers, and and now he's purple for some reason. It's all bad. This is like it's really falling apart here <laughs> in the end. Rusty. Why is he burning the orphanage? Because we told him to. Oh, right. Shit! This is very G.I. Joe right there. Yeah, this, that was a very G.I. Joe moment where they're like, we want to blow up this plane. Like, like in G.I. Joe, the, the, the plane would blow up and then you would just see, like, you know, Cobra Commander would, out yeah, would jump out with a parachute and you'd be like, oh, everything was all right, I guess. Yeah. Like, all so, you destroyed was another yeah, abandoned building. Yeah, so Kilgrave and his dude just, like... I extinguish her eyes ago. Yeah. <laughs> Kilgrave and his dude basically that shows them fall out before they that was very <laughs> having his cake and eating it too moment. Load the fire and I'm not even dirty. <laughs> yeah. Big action hero. Yeah. <laughs> that was terrible right there. Let's get it on the air. And then they just run full tilt off <laughs> Right, boss. And we just know that they made it and they exposed Kilgrave and Kilgrave was defeated forever. <laughs> Despite the fact he can control people's minds. Zoom in on Scott's smiling face. And like, this girl offers Scott a chance. She's like, why don't you stay here with me? We'll run this orphanage. You'll protect us with your laser eyes. We'll have crazy orphan sex. Like, like, this, what, like, what a great life this would be to have after your wife just died. And Sarah's talking about that makes me want to retire, run this orphanage. With yeah, me. but instead, I'm leaving town forever. But yeah, he leaves for no reason to go back to the X Men. Presumably, like, I don't know. If given the choice, I probably would have taken Stan with Orphanage Prod. Well, then, because this, this first, we get the first speech at the ending. beginning was like yeah. his first speech at the beginning was like, yeah. I don't want to take care of any kids anymore. I'm going to the orphanage. Yeah, that's true, right? <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> that's true he I don't was think like, any of us expected him to say that and then the episode comes to a close what a, what a weird I've had enough of you Professor Rice I'm going to clown college yeah <laughs> like, what a I don't weird... think any of us expected him to say that what a weird beat that was that was so weird the just and that's literally the only lead in we have for the yeah that's the answers. only one we got I mean maybe somebody someone will probably message me on Twitter and be like you forgot about this you fucking idiot or something like that but I mean this is all I can find yeah. reference to but Got a little bit of Kilgrave, and I can only hope. 1994 right, the, was the episode when this episode aired. 
So yeah, that's it for <laughs> for the commentary. Well, I'm track. super glad I watched that twice in one day. <laughs> oh man, the so weird. Like just what a weird, weird. Yeah, like just what a weird way to introduce Kilgrave for one episode. None of that made sense. Like honestly, that's the worst plan since the penguin for no reason ran for mayor in Batman and in Batman Returns. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. Oh man, I mean. I got nothing. So, what's your take on on that version of Zebediah Kilgrave? And can Dave Tennant manage to leap over yeah. the, somehow top that? Yeah, yeah, I, I, think somehow he's got it. I think he can do it. Call me crazy. I'm on record saying I think we can top this. Yeah, just not great. <laughs> not great. I'm gonna go on a limb here. Yeah, just crazy. I, I mean, like, just, I, not really. <laughs> the type of thing. <laughs> I mean, just it just gets yeah, it's skids, skids there, like boom, boom, boom. Because I mean, that was boom, boom. Most people would, that was the only time she appeared in that series, which is crazy considering the she was one of the main characters that they launched the because um, X Men Evolution was an animated series that I think Fox launched after. Early 2000s? Yeah, it was right after X-Men hit at the box office, right? Because they had all this really That's sweet... That's right, yeah. They, it, it, it kind of tied into that yeah, like, X-Men, universe. Exactly, because they used um, their version of Rogue, where Rogue was kind of like emo teenage Rogue and yep. stuff like that. And um, Like, it didn't play off the movie, but they put the characters in that... Same sort of... Same sort of group. setting, where people were just discovering mutants, and Magneto was putting together his brotherhood, and Professor X was putting together his... Uh, Mutant high school. Yeah, basically putting together his mutant high school. And, uh, yeah, Boom Boom was the only female member of the... Uh, well, she traded sides back and forth, right? Cause, uh, she did, and she was the, the only series. female member for a while. Of the I, Brotherhood, I remember right? that... Because um, Mystique was... doesn't show up until, like, season three or well, something. Well, Mystique's, right? like, the guidance counselor. Like, she's mm-hmm. around for, like, the whole time. You're right. We just didn't know that it was Mystique or That's something. That's right, yeah. Or did so, we learn that in the first episode? And I, and well, we did. Yeah. Like, the audience knew, but yeah. Professor X didn't know. Yeah. And so, basically, he would send, like, troubled students to go see the guidance counselor. Yeah, and she, and she would be like, hey, I noticed you have all this anger and all this angst because yeah. you're a teenager and a mutant. Uh, brotherhood? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, really good. Like, it was a it was a good it was a good move. Way to recruit people to the brotherhood. Yeah, it was um, really smart. I really liked that. Because, like, they launched that. I didn't mind that series. I didn't watch it all back-to-back, but I remember enjoying it. Because did, they did launch it after the success. And it was a smart idea, right, to launch... Um, a new version of an animated oh, yeah, series absolutely. right after... And it was a decent show. Yeah, right after the... like Because X-Men was... People forget how huge... Because remember, 97, Batman and Robin destroyed the comic book movie industry. Mm-hmm. And then Blade kind of was a hit, but there was no way to market Blade after... Yeah, and I mean, unless you're in the know, you don't even recognize that as a comic book property. <laughs> yeah, but there was no way to... Like, there's, not, there's not Superman, you know? <laughs> yeah, there was no way to launch Blade off of... That like there's no way to launch Blade off of capitalize on that. Like you weren't making a Blade animated series or a Blade TV series no. like uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer type of thing, right? Because I mean, it'd be awful. Yeah, it would be awful. <laughs> well, they did. Spike TV tried to do it, right? Like they tried to make one, but it only they got canceled after like. And Spike TV never canceled anything. Like Blue Mountain State ran for like three seasons. So <laughs> yeah, I, oh, I think so. <laughs> Which and it was just like the ultimate bro comedy, right? Oh, <laughs> sure. Complete piece of shit. Yeah, but well, uh, Spike. Yeah, but like, man, the uh, yeah, the thing was like that 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 was just so bad that show, and uh, 
I mean, like the X Men. It was like I said, it was a smart idea. Two two thousand. They they had all this press after X Men hit at the box office because it was the first one where it showed us, man, comic book movies really don't have to suck, right? Like they don't, and it was tough to do because it was the X Men, and mm-hmm. they did still like Singer did an amazing job because it was, you know, he had to cram at least a dozen characters, a dozen character, dozen complex characters. Because X Men, everyone's very complex in the X Men, and there's tons of background, and you can get into it in an, in an animated series or a TV show. Yeah, or a serialized. Or, you have more yeah, time to or get, a comic dig book. deep into you it. You can't really do it in a two-hour movie, but he man, he managed to crack the code in the first one, and for the most part, yeah. I mean, and, we didn't really need to get too deep into like what Scott's motivations were, for example. Exactly. We yeah. just had to know that you know him and. Gene were dating and him and Wolverine didn't get along and that was basically all we needed to know yeah it was oh man it was madness the uh, just so good I mean I loved everything about that and then X-Men Evolutions I remember they, like, they must have got five or six seasons I'll bet they had more episodes than the original 90s I actually don't know how long that show went uh, I, I know that I watched until the one season finale um, where they actually did get another girl in the brotherhood mm-hmm. because they kind of uh, I don't remember how it went exactly but it was uh, Magneto's daughter, the Scarlet Witch. Yeah. They, she was in like some home for like you know, mentally disturbed. Yeah, because she was too powerful or something like that. Yeah. And then, and then she basically got out. Yeah. And her like instantly was going to recruit her to the Brotherhood. Yeah, and I should go back and she's like, we can't let this happen. Yeah, I wonder if X Men Evolution was on is on Netflix or something like that. I wonder if I can find it. Yeah. Some of those old anime series because I know the Spider Man animated series, the old nineties one, is on Netflix. Yeah, and that's definitely like that. not a bad show. Yeah, no. Um, Really like it. Good so, beast on it, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just, I should, I should see because I never, I never finished X Men Evolution. And it's the but... show that made me like um, Nightcrawler. Yeah, it was my introduction to Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. I never well, really Nightcrawler, watched the 90s he, series. Well, he made it into the '90s series, and he was in some really good episodes too. I, but I honestly think he was only in two, maybe three tops of. Because we know that this this animated series, the '90s one, went for seventy six episodes, five seasons had seventy six episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm willing to bet that X-Men Evolution ran longer. Um, someone let me know on Twitter, or we can look it up for next time mm-hmm. when we're on the pod. Yep. Um, so, did you enjoy... What was worse, the lead-in for the, the Daredevil movie <laughs> lead-in, or the, that episode of the X-Men animated series that had, was rife, rife with plot holes? <laughs> they were both pretty bad, but I mean... <laughs> you know, no one paid millions of dollars to produce this episode of yeah, X Men. Yeah, I guarantee it. No one like they didn't have to get Ben Affleck to voice Kilgrave. Yeah, know? that's true. Oh my goodness! But they had all the tools. <laughs> they, they had all, every opportunity in the world to make a good Daredevil movie and didn't. So, uh, <laughs> they're both bad, but uh, you know, you can forgive a TV show for having a bad twenty-minute episode. Yeah, that's true. Um, so. What are your feelings? How excited are you on a scale of... I'll let you make up your own scale. How excited are you for this Jessica Jones series uh, coming up? On a scale for this? Do you not think, a ranking. Yeah. And, and I'll ask you this question. Do you think that you could possibly enjoy this Je- that this Jessica Jones series could be better than the Daredevil one? Because that's what everybody will compare it to. I actually think it'll be more up my alley. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Do you think it'll be better though? Because I know Daredevil was not technically up your alley, but I was trying to get you to read him for not years, but I, I suggested a few to you. But well, uh, yeah, uh-huh. it kind of took that. I'll admit, I never should have. Did I drag you to the Daredevil movie with Ben Affleck? 
No, I dragged a couple. Of no, people. I had never seen it. Till I dragged a couple of people. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's right. I remember you saying that because I dragged. I, I think our buddy Richard and I, Rob, who's been on this pod, I think came with us too to go see the Daredevil movie because mm-hmm. I dragged those guys because I love that character and I, I like that ben movie Affleck. was from. I liked Affleck at the time because that Daredevil movie was the start of Affleck. What year was Daredevil? Two thousand three. Okay. That was the start of Affleck's kind of downswing, and Affleck has since risen back up yeah. and uh, is going to be playing Batman soon. And I think, no, I didn't I see anything around that. I know I saw the X-Men movies like during high school, obviously, but I think the first superhero movie I saw like college age was like the 2005 Fantastic Four with oh you. Which, is, which I, well, I didn't drag you to that one. We were just like, you want to go? And I was like, why? Yeah, it was for a mutual friend's time. birthday who That's was a true. Fantastic Four fan, fan so we're like, yeah. I guess we're doing this. Exactly, yeah. and I'm not one to spoil a party, yeah. so uh, like, I did it anyway, and we all walked out, and we were yeah, all like... Well, that was a hell of a thing. Yeah, <laughs> fucked again. <laughs> Is this how you play me? Yeah, it's so bad. So, um, uh, definitely excited. Um, I yeah. think that it has... I think that it will be better. I, you do, yeah. I, I, I mean, do, I just, and I think, I think that regardless of whether it is better, even if it's exactly on par, I will enjoy it more it because the subject matter appeals to me a bit more. It certainly seems like they're going to be more psychological in this. Um, right at my alley, and yeah. there's, there's plenty of good um, mm-hmm. uh, opportunity for interesting visual effects, like, which yeah, I'm into. Because I feel like there's going to be less bones breaking in this one, because the Daredevil one was very much exactly. a phys- very, The Daredevil one was a very, very much a physical... Yeah, visceral. Yeah, like we're watching guys get... I mean, I'm sure there'll be some violence. Oh, in, definitely. In, but Daredevil it had everybody, like, because my wife, who... She's about ten episodes deep into Daredevil, because she wants to watch Jessica Jones. Okay. Because she loves Kristen Ritter, and I was telling her that you got to watch Daredevil if you're going to get into Jessica Jones, because they're going to do um, Easter eggs and stuff, and yeah. I want you to love the Easter eggs as much as I do when they happen. And the reason I never showed her Daredevil before is she's she can't handle violence. She's just not that girl. So, like, Fisk cutting a dude's head off with a car door is yeah. like... I was like, all right, babe, close your eyes and I'll tell you when to open them back up and all you need to know is that that exactly, Russian guy exactly. will be dead when you open your yeah. eyes again. Right? Don't need to worry about Yeah, you don't need to worry about what happened. <laughs> and, like, and, and just, you know, constant, you know, like the like the sound of like the and stuff like that when they're in, in oh, the fights yeah, and absolutely. stuff. Like, and yeah. Matt Murdock getting a goddamn meat hook through him or the, yeah, the, in the, kunai, the, the kunai chain, I believe is what that's called. Yeah, the... Uh, yeah, just bad stuff like that. Although I think she's kind of past it now because it stops being. I mean, the bones stop breaking. I think after uh, after like episode ten or something. Well. So she's, she's <laughs> quite past that. But I mean, like, well, because he stops fighting like the low level guys and he's True. at the kingpin, right? And the yeah, fight with the yeah. kingpin, I don't remember anybody getting any bones broke or anything like that. But I could be wrong. I only watched it once. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we got through it, and man, we really love the Daredevil series. And I'm super excited for this Jessica Jones series. I'm at, I'm at I'm at a ten. I'm at a ten for the Jessica Jones series. I think it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, it's it's a new renaissance. We had a moment back in like 2012. No, not even that long ago. Maybe like a year or so ago, where we're like, is there too much superhero stuff coming out? Let's discuss how much yeah, is too much. That's true. But and Const- uh, Constantine was the we mentioned earlier. Constantine was the one that so far has been the only one to suffer the if the Constantine series is good I'm going to go back and watch those episodes eventually mm-hmm. and I will determine whether or not it was yeah, maybe I, it was I, bad maybe it was just bad actually right? since I mean, we did uh, really one really of our uh, takedowns recently we discussed like you know how you know despite my misgivings uh, about superhero saturation mm-hmm. I've watched everything in the MCU and then I realized well no I actually haven't and since then I've actually gone and watched the first season of uh, 
uh, Agent Carter. Oh yeah, that's the one I haven't watched yet. Yeah, I, I haven't, haven't watched the, the. I mean, like I'm not finished Agents of Shield mm-hmm. either. And there's a few like you know DVD extra shorts that mm-hmm. obviously I haven't. Agents seen. of Shield uh, is making some weird choices, and I won't spo- like I won't spoil it for you because I know I've you might want to watch too. it. Uh, but they did something in the last episode where I was like, now they may, this may get explained away later. Mm-hmm. But they did something where I was like, if that's true. And that guy is now that guy. Like, a oh, specific guy turned out to be another guy. <laughs> Interesting. You know, one of the guys they're fighting, right? Yeah, like, yeah. And it was oh, this big see, reveal see, in the last episode. Yeah. Now, it may end up being, like, he's not really that guy and something. You know, they might explain it away in some sort of fashion. But if that guy is... I'm trying because I'm, I'm tap dancing right yeah. now. I'm not trying to give it away. But if that guy is that guy... They got a lot of explaining to because that if that's true, that's a plot. Of, that's that's not just plot holes. Yeah. That's a plot abyss that they've created <laughs> see, for themselves. That the internet can just be like, just because based on that character's actions in previous seasons, oh, see, you would be like, well, if he was that guy the whole time, why was he doing blah 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 for an entire season and stuff? Right? It, would, it would be a plot abyss for for that. But I won't. I won't. A poor choice. <laughs> yeah, very poor choice. I won't spoil uh, it for yeah, you. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll say about uh, um, Agent Carter. Is that uh, it's good? I don't think you would like it. It's no? not your wheelhouse at all. Well, it, I mean, it's, it's exactly I do, the I've, I've always loved the, spy stuff. But I mean, I've always loved the 1940s type fighting Nazis stuff. So there are definitely be, some good yeah. Easter eggs and stuff in there. So that um, might be that might be me. I'm always anytime people are trying to bring down Hitler, I'm always I'm always right there, right? Well, yeah, it doesn't really get into that actually, but. Um, well, I mean, it does a bit, I'll say yeah. that much, but uh, some interesting stuff. Um, we get the we get a lot of Howard Stark in it. Yeah, which if you're if you're into Howard Stark, I mean, who I, I assume the guy's just basically playing discount Robert Downey Jr. in the fifties, more or less, and actually comes off forties, I should say, and, and comes off fairly one dimensional. Yeah, until like episode until like three quarters of the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that point, like and and. Like was doing so intentionally, like mm-hmm. they were writing him to be one dimensional, so that someone could call him on it, yeah. and then he gets much better after that. Um, plus, we get Jarvis, the original Jarvis, yeah, <laughs> who okay. was uh, you know Howard Stark's butler and uh, eventual tutor to Tony, who yeah. he models the Jarvis program after. So it's not played by Paul Bettany or anything like that, but the same sort of character where it's oh, like kind okay. of a yeah. prissy English gentleman who's not afraid to crack wise every once in a while, and great. easily my favorite character on the show. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more of that. But I would understand completely if you were season interested. Two, season two, I think, starts soon. That's just some yep. things are slipping. The cracks. It's just there's sometimes at a certain point there's too much because I also want to watch Empire and shit like that too, right? And I'm yeah, like, because yeah. like the, the two shows I'm, I look forward to each week the most are Flash and Empire. And, so yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm actually doing something I normally don't do and watching like Arrow, Flash, and Supergirl week to week. And, yeah, uh, the only show that I've ever watched week to week. I mean, these days is uh, like Game of Thrones. Yeah, so. yeah, I'm good until March, and then we'll see. <laughs> so before we sign off, we got a little bit of an announcement to make. It's actually not a little bit; it's actually a pretty big announcement to make. We we're we're, we're officially on iTunes now. Now we don't have every every episode loaded up just yet. We're working on that. Hopefully, by the time we you actually post this one, everything's mm-hmm. up. But 
we're, we're on there. You can subscribe. And uh, we've got a Facebook page now, too. The Crossover Podcast on Facebook. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. We, I, we try to get a Twitter account for the Crossover Podcast. But mm-hmm. you can follow me on Twitter at Mpierce6. M-P-E-A-R-C-E and the number 6. That's right. And, and uh, to you get can... all your updates there. And we'll still be on SoundCloud. You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud. And... Uh, and if you go to our uh, brand new spanking website yep, uh, put website. together just yesterday, thecrossoverpodcast.com, uh, yeah. which will have links to all of these things. It'll have the mm-hmm. iTunes subscription link. It'll have the SoundCloud link. Um, and, of course, you can just stream them right off the page there as well. Yeah. Uh, so, like we said, uh, kind of under construction right now, but uh, looking pretty decent, if I would say so myself. Yeah, uh, and uh, like we should have everything up in fairly short order. Yeah, and uh, our, our good friend Adam Bolesky is working on a theme song for us, so hopefully we'll have one of those. So we should have that by the new until year, the until I get so popular that I can afford EPMDs to crossover <laughs> as my introduction. Oh, good, yeah. which is really the goal for this pod. Yeah, it's the whole reason. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, Kevin Miller, thanks for doing this again. Thanks for lending us uh, your place and everything going on. I can't believe it is only 5 o'clock and it is almost pitch black outside. <laughs> Damn this time of year. Canadian for the winter. <laughs> yeah, it's so bad. Oh, man. Winter uh, is coming. Yep. Thanks Thanks for doing this. And that will lead us into another <laughs> whole thing. Um, we'll have to get you back on in a... Uh, well, I guess, man, there's so much nerd stuff coming up. Because, I mean... <laughs> Give us a week. It's hard, I mean, it's hard not yeah. to come on every week and do yeah. like a half hour episode it, just talking about Arrow and Superman. Yeah, and exactly. Because like, like we'll have to do the Jessica Jones. We might have to take a review break on yeah. the TV shows. Well, like, we'll have take to take a break until yeah. Mid-season. Well, we'll have to do the Jessica Jones reviews, and then we got Star Wars stuff coming up, man. Oh. So like, <laughs> yeah, like like we, it's Star Wars time. Like it, we're we're like a month away from Star Wars. Yeah, we're, we're blockbuster. We're season. like five weeks away from Star Wars. It's insane. We're gonna get a new Star Wars movie in five weeks. It's crazy. It's insane. Yeah, what year is it? <laughs> what a time to be alive. Oh man, new Star Wars movie, Jessica Jones trailer. It's it's a great time to be a geek. Um, Kevin Miller, once again, thanks. For doing this yeah, absolutely glad yeah. to be back yeah it's always good to be back take care <laughs>